Hey friends, welcome to episode 130 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dora Swift. Thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode. This is the last episode of 2022. It is also the last week of 2022. And I wanted to air an episode that was going to be inspiring and encouraging for you because I know this time of year can be difficult for some. We're saying goodbye to a year and and going into a new year and it can be bittersweet for some. And I thought that Lori Vober's story would really encourage a lot of people. She is so positive, filled with joy, and her faith is so, so encouraging and inspiring. Her journey includes some difficult challenges. She had a massive stroke at age 29 and then developed epilepsy due to that stroke. And she's going to share about her journey there and how she persevered. And then we're going to learn also how she later became a mom to a sibling group of three older internationally adopted children. And we talk about how parenting these children were not what her and her husband expected. And that's going to be interesting to a lot of people. And you'll want to hear that as well. And Lori encourages us that in our highs and in our lows, God is still the same God on the throne. Amen. I know what Lori shares will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Lori Vober. But first, here is a word from Access More. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome my friend, Lori Vober. She is an author, speaker, a stroke survivor, and adoptive mom. And her journey over the past several years has been filled with both blessings and challenges. And she is the author of Choices. When you are faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? What an important question and subject matter that book has. And Lori is amazing. She's a walking miracle and has a fierce calling to share her story and journey of faith and perseverance to encourage others. Welcome to the show, Lori. It's wonderful to have you on today. Oh, thank you, Doris. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you. I appreciate you having me. And I know that your story is really going to encourage and inspire um, the listeners. And so I would love if you would just dive right in and share where you're taking action, where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and how that all goes along with with the story God is writing for you. Oh, thank you. So uh, my journey actually started on a medical journey um, back at the age of 29. Uh, My husband and I had just been married about four years, um, and I had just transitioned my career um, uh, at that time from a corporate uh, career to our church. Uh, My background is sales and marketing, and I had been working at Northwest Airlines in their sales Mm -hmm. and marketing department with travel agencies. And we had been, at that time, um, living in Minnesota, 
And my husband and I had been trying to start our family for about a year and a half, and we had not been successful. Uh, my husband's name is Danis, and he uh, was aircraft maintenance at the time. And so we were on opposite schedules. And so when I was not working at the airlines, I was also um, the event planner and wedding coordinator at our church. So our church actually asked me um, at the time, it was back in January of 2003, if I would be interested in considering a complete job change and be willing to take over their office manager position. And so we thought, you know, this might be a good opportunity to slow down a little bit. It might enhance our family planning um, and it would take away some of the travel that I was doing and just uh, help in that department. And we really had a huge heart to start our family. We had always done Compassion International um, since the day we were married. So we just had a huge heart for kids. And, uh, you know, I say now, uh, many times God has a big plan and purpose in our journey that we never know about. And this was one of those, um, because three weeks into my job um, is when I suffered um, a massive stroke. And it was caused by a malformation of blood vessels on the right side of my brain. It was a hemorrhagic stroke. And only actually, um, out of strokes, um, only 13% of strokes are hemorrhagic strokes. And this was um, called an AVM. And it it was never detected. I grew up all my life with migraines, but uh, never knew this, this was a problem. And so now today, I am quite passionate about trying to get the word out on the signs of a stroke, because at the age of 29, I really was not aware of the signs of a stroke. And that particular day at the church, uh, number one, I was alone. I was normally alone because it was a Friday. And this particular day, I was blessed with a coworker and a Bible study going on at the church. So um, God had placed me in a very safe environment. He placed me with coworkers there to take care of me um, rather than traveling or being in the airline community. And um, I just didn't know, though, the signs. I, I had a headache. I felt sick to my stomach. My left arm um, felt a little odd and felt kind of numb throughout the morning. And I just... I just brushed it off as I wasn't feeling well. Something happened maybe when I was working out. But I called my parents who uh, lived nearby. They moved uh, a year before to be closer to us since we were trying to start our family. And they knew right away something was wrong. And it was when I sat down at my chair at my desk, my left leg went numb. And I actually fell from my chair. And that was my warning signal that something desperately was wrong. We called 911. And uh, I was actually unconscious by the time they got me in the ambulance. That's how quick I went. Um, and I saw my parents. Uh, they did come to the church. I did see them before I lost consciousness. But uh, I was rushed to the hospital, rushed into an emergency brain surgery situation to stop the massive bleed. And I woke up 17 days later um, out of a drug-induced coma, life support. And I was completely paralyzed on the left side. So I learned so much from that uh, that endeavor. I learned that uh, you need to be very aware of uh, what's happening in your body and uh, take things seriously. I learned that in the blink of an eye, things can change. And, uh, you know, we just thought we were trying to start our family and God had uh, bigger and better plans um, for me at the time. Um, so we had to start over from the very beginning. I learned to uh, talk again. Um, eat again, sit up. I had to learn my balance. I had to learn to stand, walk. 
Um, I was in a hospital for two months and I had a second brain surgery to remove the malformation so I didn't have a second stroke. And I went home in a wheelchair. Um, we never went home to our original home because it had too many stairs. So we went home to my parents' house. They were the main caregivers while my husband was at work. And life was just different. It was um, it was difficult, but uh, uh, God really, really protected me during that time, though, because um, number one, he gave me the traits of perseverance and positivity. And number two, I love exercise. So I just kept thinking, if I just keep exercising, eventually I'm going to get better. Um, that was a little uh, fallacy because mm -hmm. uh, I do still have a disability today. But, you know, he really protected me um, emotionally mm -hmm. with that. And I'm for that. Um, but two months after my hospital discharge, that was uh, right after September 11th, uh, and the airline industry was not in good shape. Unfortunately, my husband lost his job. And so we really went from two incomes and two healthy um, uh, environments and two healthy bodies to uh, no income and me uh, completely disabled. Mm. But God provided an uh, opportunity in Arizona. So my parents moved with us and we sold our house. Um, they sold their house. And the four of us moved to uh, Arizona in uh, the fall of 2003. And my husband started a new job in the aviation industry there. And uh, God provided an amazing therapy program for me. Um, so I say again, uh, so many times God provides and uh, really he provided an opportunity for my husband, but I really think the, uh, the bigger picture was to get me out of the ice and snow and cold weather and to give me the opportunity to um, get better and recover because at the time, uh, the therapist, although I had wonderful care in Minnesota, um, the therapist really didn't know what to do with me anymore. They really thought uh, at that time, if you don't recover in six months, go home and be happy. At that time, I was 30, and I was not going to go home and be happy in a wheelchair. And the new environment I found, it's called Swan Rehab here in Phoenix, um, believed that uh, in the neuroplasticity of the brain, which is the retraining the brain with repetition, that with repetition um, and uh, relearning, you can get a lot back. Mm -hmm. And I say it's like piano lessons. The more you practice, the better you get. And so I pretty much threw myself into therapy for the next seven years and it became my full-time job. Um, I worked night and day for six to eight hours a day um, to get my independence back and get as much mobility back as I could. So that just kick-started our journey. Why? That, that is so inspiring and it's such a testament to God's faithfulness. And I really can see, and just knowing you, how you do have that positive, hope-filled outlook on things. And, I, and I, I imagine when you were going through that, it was such a difficult thing to have to go through. And then, you know, sharing about how this happened to you when you were 29 years old. And I think we take a lot of things like for granted, like that things like that don't happen when we're younger and we don't, like you said, you don't, you didn't recognize the signs at first because who would think that a young person would have a stroke, but like you said, it was something that you had had that you didn't even realize that you had and uh, God provided a safe environment for you that day. I love how you brought that out. I love how you said that, that God provided a safe environment. 
you know, even in all the, the midst of the, the whole, um, stroke occurrence and, and everything and how he put people there. And so, uh, it just, you know, I, I wanted to bring that part out too, because there's probably someone listening today who's going through a really difficult health struggle, challenge, maybe they just received a diagnosis or perhaps they just, um, you know, are recovering from something. And the perseverance that you had, because you were determined, you know, like that one place was like, well, six months, you know, and go home and be happy, you know, and, but you weren't having that, were you? No, life, life, there's too much of life to live. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and for those listeners out there that are going through a tough time, um, I, I completely understand because life, life is challenging. And I understand that uh, completely, but it's all about perspective. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Life is challenging, and I understand that uh, completely, but it's all about perspective. And, uh, you know, we have a choice uh, of what we can do when when these challenges come up. And uh, But so many times when you're in the middle of the journey, you don't see um, where God's hand is in it. But oh my goodness, He He is such an uh, He has such an amazing plan for each of us. Um, if so, we could just keep our eyes on Him and hold out for the biggest plan. Um, we will see His hand in it. Um, sometimes we just have to wait. And even even meeting my husband, I do want to point out this because it's just so important. Um, I moved to Minnesota actually for my career. I'm, I'm uh, from the East Coast, but uh, also in uh, ended up in Texas. Uh, for high school and college. So I really say I'm from Texas because that's the state I lived in the longest for my period of uh, my whole life. So uh, I say I'm from Texas just because of that. But then I went to Oklahoma right after college. And uh, if anybody's ever seen the movie New in Town, um, I say my it's very much like that movie because I was only in Oklahoma for six months when they said they needed a new sales rep in Minnesota. And so I said, sure, I'll be a team player. I will go to Minnesota in January of 97. And I had no idea what January of 97 uh, Minnesota looked like until I got there. And I realized how much snow and cold weather, that's what that looked like. And, um, and uh, frankly, I really disliked it from the minute I got there. Um, I had no idea how to live like that. And when they say your locks will freeze when you go through the car wash, it's true. Your locks do freeze. I met my husband, Danis, at church. A new church would be a really good avenue to make friends um, and have a faith, but uh, I just knew now that I was on my own, um, that was a good avenue to make friends. And so he knew after he met me that I was not happy and I was going to be going back to Texas uh, where I was more comfortable. And so we were only dating six weeks when he popped the big question because he knew that was the only way he was going to keep me in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. 
but he um, actually lost his mom to a battle of cancer um, a month before we met, and she battled cancer for 16 years. So my husband actually grew up in an environment where he basically watched his dad take care of his mom his entire life. And so I say now that um, I moved to Minnesota for my career, but God moved me there to find my godly mate because my husband has stood by me as an amazing spouse through my medical journey, as many men wouldn't. And I think it's because he knew innately how to compassionately take care of me. And even when he doesn't understand me, uh, he still supports me. And I will be always forever grateful for uh, the match God made of us and that he has that compassion and that ability um, to do that. So uh, uh, you just never know what God's plan is going to yeah. be. That is a beautiful love story. Yeah. And how you wound up you. there, you know, in a place that you thought you were going for one reason. And, and now, you know, looking back, you can see how God orchestrated all of that and put you both together and how, you know, your husband, like you said, he was the one for you knowing what was going to come mm. down the pike. You know, God knew that he would take care of you. And that's just so sweet. And how your family all moved together with, you know, with you both. That's really really special. And so what happened after that? So then you, you had this journey into adoption and then, and then, yeah. and you wrote a book. So how does all that play out in your life and journey? So eight years post-stroke, we decided that we were kind of at a crossroads. Uh, what did we want to do? Did we want to pick up where we left off on the family planning? Did we want to continue as independent empty, empty nesters? And we really still had a heart for um, kids. We had a huge um, generosity and love for um, just giving back to others. And um, frankly, I was a little um, burnt out on therapy at that point. And I just didn't know where where life was going to take us. And health-wise, um, we didn't feel that it was safe at that point to biologically um, try and conceive. I had actually developed epilepsy from the stroke. So um, stroke was one, epilepsy number two. So we just felt like that was going to be um, taking a lot of risks to try and conceive. So we jumped into adoption. Um, both my husband and I are only children. So we had this, uh, you know, I say um, that uh, I did write a book and we'll get to that in just a second, but I say in my book that uh, life rarely turns out as you picture it would. And so we had this really great thought of what a sibling group would look like because we're only children. Sibling groups are nothing like what we envisioned they would be. But we did not know that at the time. So we got this great idea that we would adopt a sibling group because we were always alone in our whole mm -hmm. life. And uh, we um, ventured into an adoption um, and uh, we felt called for uh, international. So we adopted from Colombia, South America, mm -hmm. and our kids were uh, six, eight, and 10 at the time when we adopted them. There were two, two girls and a boy. And it was in 2011. And I say we adopted with love blinders on, and it has been a big journey of both blessings and challenges. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And um, there has been uh, some big adventures that we didn't plan on. But at the same time, I will always be grateful that our kids have given me and Dana's the honor of being parents that we would not have had. And I don't think God's finished with our story yet. So we will just see what the future holds, but uh, they are now 18, 
20 and 22 mm -hmm. and uh and 2021 I really felt called to start writing my story. God really said, it's time to write your story. So I always had talked about writing a book and I thought it was going to be a stroke book. I thought it would be about my stroke and, and how, I, how I survived the stroke. And it turned out completely different once I started writing. And that is how this book manifested that you talked about in the beginning. It's called Choices. When you're faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And I really feel like it speaks to um, anybody and everybody because really uh, everybody has challenges. We all have challenges and it really talks about uh, our medical journey. It's talked about our life journey, um, job losses that we've gone through, our adoption, our parenting. We homeschooled the kids for um, a year um, where we've had to be natural consequent parents versus um, what we grew up as biologically um, only children. We've had to parent totally different in how we were raised. Uh, so really the book journeys through my story, but at the end of each chapter, I also incorporate reflection questions because I wanted to incorporate the reader and give the reader the chance to um, journey their own story. And so I tried to make it so that not only is it my journey and my story, but it gives the reader a chance to uh, reflect on their own story at the same time. And uh, so it's just, uh, it's been a wonderful opportunity and I am just so grateful that I had this opportunity to write this book and also um, to continue to uh, speak to others. And, you know, God always has a plan, like I said. Um, and I, at the end of uh, last year, I picked the word purpose. I thought I knew exactly what my purpose was going to be. It was going to be to publish this book and start speaking. And I've learned never tell God what your purpose is going to be because he has a totally different plan. And uh, in January, uh, my uh, doctor found a cyst um, just during a routine exam. And after doing ultrasound and uh, blood work, it came back as a pre-diagnosis to ovarian cancer. So was sent to the Cancer Centers of America, which is actually just 10 minutes up the street from me, which is another huge blessing. So in between publishing my book, published my book in March and April, and a full hysterectomy and appendectomy. And uh, thankfully the cyst was benign, so I am cancer-free, but I was able to jump in after my surgery recovery this summer and become a, a volunteer at the Cancer Center. Mm -hmm. And I use my writing skills to teach classes there and use my medical journey to um, speak to the uh, cancer patients. And it's just changed my world. I just, uh, I'm just so grateful for the opportunities. And what I really learned is, you know, you can be at your highest or your lowest and God's still the same God on the throne and he's waiting for you. Um, and he will give you the opportunities if you let him. He really will. That's beautiful. That whether you are in your highest or lowest, God's still the same God on the throne. That's so encouraging. Yeah. I love earlier how you how you said that you adopted the children with love blinders. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it was quite an eye-opening experience. But well, you know, but you had a lot of love in your heart. Uh, both of you had love in your hearts for for these children. And so when you were going through this, I guess you discovered a lot of different things. Like you had said, you had to 
learn a totally different way of parenting, what what was maybe the biggest surprise for you there or something that you would um, want to share with somebody to encourage them who is either thinking about adopting or, you know, maybe has adopted some children and, and could use some encouragement right now? Oh, definitely. Uh, number one, I, I wish we had had a stronger support group before we adopted during the adoption and after the adoption. I do not think there is enough training or enough support or enough um, people out there talking about their experiences to help us. Um, I think that's key. Um, and then also expectations. Um, we had a set of expectations of what um, we expected of our kids, I believe, and how we parented them based on how we were parented. And we, you cannot parent adopted kids the way you parent biological children. It just doesn't work that way. They um, have uh, uh, different issues. They have trauma, they have abandonment, and they have um, different challenges that your own biological children just will not have. And so it's unfair to place that expectation on them. And we've learned that. And at the same time, uh, you know, we've just learned so much on the journey. Um, and if I had a mentor, an adopted parent that would have been a mentor to me that could have helped me along the mm -hmm. way. Um, you know, we have mentors in the church. We have mentors for everything. But if, boy, if I had had an older adopted uh, mentor mom um, that could have walked with me, that would have been so helpful. Um, but, uh, you know, you we all make mistakes. And I remember telling the kids from the very beginning, I'm so sorry, you did not come with an instruction manual. <laughs> so I'm going to goof up a lot. And I still remember in the mm -hmm. car having those conversations with them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if they remember that, but I do remember <laughs> telling them they did not come with an instruction manual. And I do not know what I'm doing. That's so awesome. Bear with me. <laughs> That's, and it's just like so humble to just bear your soul to your children and say, you know what, I'm going to mess up, but you know, with God's help, uh, we're going to do the best that we can do with his help. And so, um, and I, and I think that advice is just so great and will be so helpful for so many people today about that expectations you had said, and, and you can really apply that to all different relationships in our lives you know we have those expectations we were talking about that before we started recording and um so I'm glad that you brought that up yes and you know with and the whole world has changed I mean look at with social media you know and so much of I you know I feel so um, bad for our children today and social media as a prime example because the expectations of I, I feel, and I know you probably feel, um, the expectations of social media on us as adults and imagine what it's like uh, for our children and how hard that is. Uh, and, you know, really, if we could just go back to the basics of where we really need to find our happiness and look towards our happiness, it truly is creative, right? Mm -hmm. But we let these other filters come into our life to define who we are. And uh, that's where the problem starts. Yeah. Amen to that. That's so true. You know, and just to look at, you know, look to God for our, yeah. for our provision and our hope and our security. And we, we yeah. tend to run to other things uh, first. So keeping our focus and our eyes on Jesus is so 
so key. And and I love this. And what a blessing those children had to be raised in a home with parents who love Jesus, you know, parents who are going to raise them to know God. And so that is just so special. And to know that God had chosen those children for you and chose you to be, you know, you and your husband to be their parents. So that is really special too. So, and I, this has been so encouraging. And if you have just one more thing, you might want to leave with a listener and then tell us how the listener can connect with you, Lori. Yes. Oh, and I just thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, you know, I just, I'm so, you know, especially here at the Christmas season, I know uh, for many, it's, you know, many times it's, uh, joy for many times this time of year is hard for others and I have in my challenges uh, that uh, many of us think joy as an emotion right at happiness and really it's a choice and I have learned in my challenges and my trials that uh, you know it goes back to the scripture the joy of the Lord is my strength and it's a choice that we can make to be joyful yeah. or not joyful and uh, really, that's how I got, the, you know, I keep going back to choices and it's the name of my book, but I'm so grateful God gave me the book uh, uh, titled Choices because really so many times in our life, we really just have a choice to make of how are we going to handle this situation? Are we going to handle it with joy? Are we going to handle it with sorrow? Are we going to wake up on the right side of the bed, the wrong side of the bed? It's all up to us, really. Yeah. I mean, everything we do, we can't decide what the challenges are going to be, but we can decide how we react. Mm -hmm. That is an important message for sure. And, mm -hmm. and I love that scripture and how it is a reminder that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's just, you know, just, you are just beaming with joy, <laughs> you know, it just comes right out and it, you know, and so, and your, your calm demeanor and, but yet all the wisdom that you also have to share is going to be just continually helpful for those in the in the stroke community and also for those in you know the adoption community and even foster care you know as uh, goes through similar challenges and all of that so this book is just amazing and I and I really love your your subtitle too because choices first of all that's like right in your face there choices and it's right every day we make so many choices and we don't even realize all the choices we're making all day long yeah. and sometimes you know it's just simple easy choices and then other times it's you know choices that we need to make when we face really difficult seasons in our life and so when you you're, you're asking your reader a question right off the bat in the subtitle of your book, when you're faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And it really like makes you think. So I am excited for the listener to pick up your book. And it's especially good, you know, this time of year when we're thinking about giving gifts and that kind of thing. So, so let us know how can a listener connect with you and grab your book and find out more resources about, cause you have all kinds of resources for, um, stroke victims or stroke survivors, I want to say, actually, and and family and that. So tell us about that, Lori. Yes, if you go to my website, which is www.lorivober, 
www.jennifercoolidge.com. Um, you can find out all about my book. You can find about the story of my family. And I do offer um, resources about uh, stroke. There's uh, resources on adoption. Um, and there's direct links to order my book. I, 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 it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, ChristianBook.com. Or you can uh, order directly through me and I'll send you my own signed copies. And uh, so I would love to connect with you. My email's on there. Uh, so I, again, thank you so much for having me and uh, for your listeners for uh, being here with us today. And uh, I would love to connect with you more. Yes, I would love that too. I'd love to have you on again. That would be great thank you. to hear what, you know, updates on what's happening um, with your ministry work and all of that. And also any, any new books that God might put on your heart to write. <laughs> Because you have a heart for that, yeah, for sure. Okay. So thank you so much, Lori. God bless you and your ministry and your family. And we will talk soon, friend. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And I know that this really inspired, encouraged, and challenged you. And Lori's story is just amazing. And I love her perspective. And I love her positivity and the joy that just bubbles out. You can just hear it in her voice. And be sure to check out her book, Choices, when you are faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? And her website at lauribober.com. And I have those links for you in the show notes so you can find Lori. I love these quotes from the show. I love where Lori said that God had placed me in a very safe environment, even though she was about to suffer a stroke at age 29. As she looks back on it, she sees God's favor and faithfulness and putting her in a place where she was surrounded by people who could come to her rescue quickly, which was so encouraging. And she also said, I've learned never tell God what your purpose is going to be because he has a totally different plan. Amen, friend. Things may not always look the way we think they should look, but always trust that God knows what is best and he knows the big picture. So if we'll just step back and try to see things through a biblical worldview and through God's eyes and just see how we are part of a much bigger plan that is exciting and it's always God's best. So friend, have a very happy blessed and safe new year. I have some amazing shows lined up for you in 2023. So we'll see you back here. Happy new year. And I'll talk to you soon.